life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show and we're all about how we connect through our ceremonies, through each other, sometimes how we miss our connections, and importantly how we connect to ourselves. Hopefully our guests will be able to give you something to think about, or Alexia and I will give you something to think about, something (laughs) to empower you, and hopefully give you things to worth, worth considering. I am your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Alexia Georgiusis, naturopathic doctor. Hi there. Hi, Gord. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. It's weird you're standing up. I am because I've been sitting all day. I will probably <laughs> sit, but I, I just have to stand. I understand completely. Uh, so we are live. If you'd like to join our conversation, uh, we can be reached uh, anywhere in North America, toll free at one 346 9141 So we're coming up to a very big event this weekend uh, for a lot of people, it's certainly in North America, and that would be Halloween. Uh, now, what's really interesting is that you know, what, what Halloween has become, there's actually three different things that have sort of come together and created this, this fourth. So really there's four, four streams here uh, that are coming together. Um, so what it's evolved into, you know, in, in uh, America and, and in Canada, you know, is spooky and trick-or-treat, the ghoulish costumes, um, is not really where it all started from. But uh, since history fascinates me because it connects us to where we came from, uh, I wanted to know where these weird and wonderful traditions begin. So um, it's all going to start back from my my ancestors, of course, had to be involved in this. <laughs> Celtics um, is Scottish. And uh, it was uh, it was called a Sowain um, is the the name of the harvest festival. Celtic festival, and it's held at the end of their year, which is, and so it is the start of a new year. Um, since their calendar only had two divisions, it was based on light and dark. And the winter in the Northern hemisphere, as we know, uh, for them begins on November the 1st. That's the beginning of the dark time. And we can attest to that as our days have gotten shorter and shorter. Uh, the Celtic day, interestingly, also began at sunset and it finished at sunset the next day. So where most of us is, it's light going into dark, you know, that's the end of our day. This is actually the opposite, but they, they really had this light dark thing uh, happening a lot. Um, uh, in the summertime, of course, it was their growing season. It uh, answers right. we know with the harvest uh, leading into uh, Samhain. Uh, it's still practiced by Wiccans and pagan nature groups to this day. Um, so let me just say a word about using the word pagan. You know, it it is taken as a derogatory term. It's been used as a derogatory term, but it's not meant as one. It uh, we, was first started in the fourth century. Um, early Christians began calling in the Roman Empire began uh, calling anybody who was not Judaic or Christian pagan. 
it's been expanded to now include Islam, Judah, uh, uh, Judaism, or Christianity. And so all of those other people are pagans. And that's right. my and, kind of place. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I know. And, and I was, I was, I also recently learned that pagan really just sort of meant of the land, you know, yeah, from the land rather than being in a city. Yeah, yeah, they were the rural people. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, made it, uh, you know, unfortunately over the time it's become very, you know, sort of derogatory, but it's not meant that way at all. Um, now, the rest of Europe had very little need or acknowledgement of these kinds of festivals. However, the Celtics were very pastoral people, and uh, they took their herds in the summertime up into the feeding grounds. And that was at the festival of Beltane, uh, which is May 1st, which is another mm. big day, you know, in a lot of, a lot of uh, countries. Uh, and brought them down to the winter pastures at, uh, uh, I'm always uh, sewing. Um, some uh, Neolithic passage tombs, by the way, in Ireland are actually aligned to the sunrise around the same time as Owain. You know, I would love like to see know. that. I would love to yeah, see that happening. Yeah. Right? That's in Ireland. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so according to uh, legend, it was a time when the doorways to the other world was opened, allowing supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world. Well, Beltane was a summer festival for the living. Uh, so Wayne uh, uh, was essentially a festival for the dead. Uh, well, and that's such a not. that's such a powerful yeah. time, and you can feel that there's a shift of energy. Especially this year, I found personally the last few weeks have been a, a real intensity. And uh, you know what a wonderful way to consider you know what's typically Halloween that it's it's actually much more than that, where the veil is, is kind of thin. Yeah, you know, it's also sort of closer to our Thanksgiving, you mm -hmm. know, because of the, you know, the festival was a lot of eating and sacrificing some of the animals that were brought down, of course, in the summer, summer grazing lands. Um, right. You know, it really, um, you know, the whole, the whole sort of, you know, veil is, is don't forget, it's us looking back, interpreting, you know, uh, it, was it a, a true part of it? Well, certainly one of the things they did was they lit bonfires, mm -hmm. all right? And we called the show the Bonfires of the Celts. Love uh, bonfires. Who doesn't bonfires love bonfire? Are really, really important in this rituals, yeah. as rituals in, in all of this. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain that shortly, but, okay. um, you know, it was, it was um, you know, that chance to bring the families together bring the community together uh, and, and basically enjoy the food that they'd harvested, you know, and to get ready to go into the darkness, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yes. Yeah. So um, let's just say that the, the bonfires, oh, they were singing and dancing. I don't have any music that I can sing for you, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> today, the, the, the lighting of the bonfires happened mostly in the Scottish Highlands but also interestingly around Ulster. Now, don't forget that the Celtics are Scottish as well as Irish, speaking Gaelic. That's where this word saying, uh, said, uh, uh, I, and I just aren't the Welsh part of that as well? Uh, the Welsh are not really. somewhat part of it. There, yeah. were, uh, there is, in, in, as this expands a little bit, there's Welsh and there's also the British, uh, Irish, and then of course the Scottish. Right. Uh, 
But in terms of the, you know, keeping the bonfires going, the Scottish Highlands, I guess it's a little bit safer there. So uh, they, one, they say they were used to be able to signal to one another, you know, the family groups that all was well and so on. But it was part of a cleansing and a protection ritual going into the darkness. You know, Fantastic. Like what a, up, it's like well, I'm putting up Christmas lights. Well, well, I would prefer the bonfire personally. It's it's more to me <laughs> the, more the, the the intensity of of fire and the intensity of again tapping into the elements is such a powerful ritual. It's such a powerful way to connect with the world and the seasons because the seasons oh, yeah. are are you know really deeply connected to how we feel very often, at oh, least in the absolutely. upper northern hemisphere, right? Well, yeah, I always find November to be a kind of a, a difficult month. Just uh, it's like that's where the time changes. Um, I okay. think the time changes, and uh, we really, you know, it's like I think next uh, Monday, which is the day after the time change, the the sunset is at four fifty nine, and it's like. <laughs> well, but I, I really, I really, I would love it if we didn't. We were like Saskatchewan, where they did not change the clocks. Because well, they actually it is on the books to change, but and Quebec has said they will, but in New York, like all three of us, have to change at the same time, and they're having they're not getting a lot of response out of New York State. Well, you know, New don't York you find people typically people typically don't feel well during the time change, or they feel a bit groggy or jet lagged? I do. I find for for about three days, I feel as if something is very different in my body. And I, I don't, well, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. The statistics personally. show there's a lot more accidents. Actually, yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. car accidents. People driving to work, it's and it's darker, and they're more groggy, and all those kinds of things, uh, which is really interesting. You know, it's it's only one hour. So if that's one hour, how does flying to Europe really affect us when it comes well, to like jet lag? You know, it's funny you say that. Many years ago, I met. I had the the very good fortune of meeting. Um, a seer from the Six Nations Reserve in uh, land in uh, south of Hamilton. I was in Hamilton at the time in Ontario. And the seer asked me, you know, do I dream about Greece? Do I go to Greece or, you know, when in my dreams? And and I said, yeah, sometimes I do. And she said, oh, well, that's that's why you're tired, because your soul has to catch up. Okay. And I found I found it really really fascinating because now that we have this travel physically, but it it really is very interesting about energetically where are we, you know where where energetically where are we and and the hour that happens I I'm not sure why it's such a huge impact because some people are not impacted by jet lag very much no. and there's something about going forward or backwards too right yeah that's what they say that's what they say I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's like, oh, it's winter. <laughs> that might be, I'm a summer baby. So, you know, I'm, I'm expecting it always to be warm. You're gonna right, hear, right. You're going to hear a voiceover that's going to say about recording because I forgot to press the button. Oh, we can recording do it in progress. Too. Oh, there Here we go. She goes. <laughs> we probably need to give her a name. I, I know. I know. But that's like the woman. It's the same woman that's in all the GPS. Turn yeah. left in 60 meters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's in every car I've ever been in. A friend of mine calls her Karen for some reason, but just says, thanks, Karen. Thanks a lot, Karen. That's, that's, that's become a derogatory name. It's out of oh, state. that's too bad. Yeah, it's a derogatory. You know, Karen is kind of like an hysterical housewife. 
Oh, I, I, I don't, I didn't know that. I don't see it that way at all. At least it's, you know, it's still anyway. So let's go back to this whole thing about the bonfire, because I find that the aspect of cleansing and again, renewal and, and you were saying about, you know, you're, you're also eliminating, not eliminating, but I guess it's the idea of what are you letting go of and how are you stepping in forwards? But this connection with the harvest as well is very important. It is because that's where it starts, you yeah. know, but it will also, it also then spins forward symbolically to us going for candy. <laughs> you know, where did the candy come in? Trick or treat. Where did that come in? Any ideas? Well, it's cheaper than handing people pieces of beef. <laughs> just, uh, my, just my take, you know. Interesting. Uh, you know, it's commercial. It's cheap. You yeah. know, uh, let's, let's go back to the candy. Sure. The candy. Let's go back to these bonfires. Yes. What they did do also is to like two big bonfires side by side. And then people in the town, they'll, they pass between the two fires. That's a ritual cleansing. Which I like that. Really, and they bring their animals uh, and their horses, uh, which is really big. Uh, but because they're such pastoral and they have all these animals, they will actually bring the animals between them which mm. probably would have been a bit difficult because they don't really like being around fire. No, I can imagine it wouldn't have been, <laughs> would be like, you know, poor things getting fire. really quite scared. Yeah. 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 You know, um, it was also a sign, uh, to, a signal for the ancestors to find them, you mm -hmm. know, like they, they would be able to come, you know, towards the light and so on. Um, there's also one that I really liked was that everybody would uh, douse their home fires. So everybody had a hearth and, you know, yes. fire was going. So everyone on this night would would turn it out and, and right. douse it. And then they would all go and get a flame from the community fire and go back and relight their home fire. Beautiful. So it was a real community, you know, uh, yeah. uh, thing to do, you know, which I thought was really, I, I really liked it. It was like community building. It was protecting but it, it really cemented people in that connection, you know, of, of doing something like this. And the sharing, the sharing that we're, you know, we're one, we're all together. You know, I think Absolutely. that that's, that's part of um, honoring that sense of it's not just me that, you know, acknowledging the, the connection and sharing. Well, it's also, so, it's also kind of trusting, you know, like putting out your fire is, is potentially a very high risk thing to do, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, given it, that's how it cooks, stay warm in those days. We're going back like way, way back here. We're not talking about 1500s. We're talking about uh, before uh, the common era. Yes, yes. You know, so the bonfires were also used in divination rituals, which is really, really mm -hmm. funny. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, not all, all divination was involved fire, you know. In the 18th century, what they did was they, they created a ring of stones. Okay. And the people would, would then run around, each person would run around holding this torch. And, uh, you know, it was run around the fire and, uh, and it, usually on a sort of some layer of ash or something. But anyways, when they, they ran around the circle of the torch in the morning, the stones were then examined. And if any of them were like mislaid in any way, it was said that that person that had sat there would not live out the year. Oh, wow. That's now, intense. That's kind of, <laughs> but by the way, enjoy your breakfast. You may not have another one. Right. Uh, right. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Anyways, but yeah, definition, uh, uh, divination has always been a part of uh, these kinds of festivals in ancient time, and it survived in some rural areas to this day. I think that's fantastic because I, I like the idea of hearing that there's, you know, these these traditions have been tried to be kept alive. And as we know with the Indigenous people, that that's also very important as part of not just the survival of a, of a, of a culture, but also, again, honoring the connection to the earth because humanity needs that, especially now. Oh, We're in desperate oh God, need of yes. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no question about it. Uh, but yeah, whether you're looking at an old culture here or a very old culture like the indigenous cultures, uh, fireplace is such a huge role. Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. all the, when they had this, the, I, I forget what it was called, but at the swearing-in ceremony of all the new new ministers uh, with our new governor general, uh, they had an Inuit fire burning, and this woman, just very small, and it represents the, the home and warmth and everything. And mm. She kept it burning through the entire ceremony. Uh, it's the second time I've seen it done with with our new governor general. I thought it was very cool. Anyway, it's very cool. Uh, well, everything. So many things that in in you know religious ceremonies in the Olympics that, and you know fire is is part of again life and it's crucial, you know it's it's, it's so it, and it's so transformative. What I love about fire is that it it really does transmute and energy, you know something yes. changes yes. form. I mean, it's hypnotic you know, to have a fireplace. It's just, so hypnotic, it. even I just watching a candle. I'm gonna go right now and just watch a fire. I'll be right back. Okay. So See you later. <laughs> we have to break it. We'll be back in two Perfect. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And we are here talking about the uh, uh, Halloween, and we're talking about all the traditions that have come together to create what we have in North America today. Um, the Wiccans, they are very much tied into uh, this whole cycle of, of the, the uh, Sohan. Um, they celebrate it, in fact, as one of their top uh, you know, Sabbaths of the year. And in fact, it's part of the, the year, the wheel of the year, uh, which one of our favorite people, Tiffany Lasek, yes, yes. books about. Amazing. Uh, such a, which such is amazing. A, she's, she has such incredible knowledge and such a wonderful way of, of expre- explaining and expressing what all of this means. And I think it's Absolutely. just uh, fantastic. And she's, I think she's, um, She's making her way, you know, um, to go to see Wales, right? To be in Wales. She wants actually. to live there. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. wants to uh, return to her Celtic. Yeah. Um, and she was explaining, so, you know, what how pagan, there's so many different branches. You know, there's Egyptian, Hellenic, all sorts of various oh, cultures that were obviously connected to the earth, right? They all were at one time. Yeah. They had yeah. to have been, Yeah. you know. Uh, now the uh, the in, by some Wiccans, this is the time that they celebrate. Uh, this is a new year. Um, the lives of those who have died in the last year. Uh, it often involves paying respect to the ancestors, to family members, elders of their faith, uh, friends, pets, and other loved ones uh, uh, who have died. Some of the rituals: the spirits of the dead are invited to attend the festivities. It's uh, seen as a festival of darkness, which is balanced at the opposite point of the wheel of, of the year uh, by the spring festival, which is the Beltane mm. on May the 1st, mm-hmm. which I spoke Sure, about. makes sense. Yeah, so the, you've got that light and dark and, and so on. Um, the, uh, the Wicked celebrate the Beltane, a festival of light and of fertility. So it's very much about the living. And, yes. uh, you know, so is about the dying. As, as the fall is, you know. Um, Wiggins believe that uh, at this time there's a veil uh, between this world and the afterlife is at its thinnest point of the whole year, making it easier to communicate with those of us, those people, not us, who have left this world, um, which is kind of interesting. Well, uh, and I think, again, it, it's a, it's a representation of, of another way that we, as human beings, have a relationship with life and death and cycles and seasons and also the sense of spirit or soul that that you know you can call in the past the ancestors the 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 ones that shared our lives and i i think that that creates a tremendous amount of unity oh oh absolutely absolutely i i also think it just creates a, a an amazing you know level of comfort and uh, of, I don't know, just closeness with the, for the individual on the inside. There, yeah. there is still a connection. You know, people talk about when grieving about letting go, and it's, it's not about letting go. That's why people don't want to grieve. They don't want to let go, because you're not letting go. I really believe that. I think that what we do is we have to change our relationship with those that have passed on. 
you know, because they're still there. They're still there. It's just, it's different. And we're not very good different. Yeah. We're not good with different. We don't like change. (laughs) Well, especially in our, in our, generally our culture, we, we want to cling to things for safety and, and instead of realizing that we have to, we have to experience change for us, ourselves to evolve, but it's hard. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing, especially when we're not raised with that, uh, you know, idea, right? Yeah. 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 You know, Autumn, I actually have written a poem about this. I don't have it with me. Oh, I was going to say, if you have it, can you read it? No, I don't have it with me. Oh, too bad. Maybe before the fall is over. But, you know, this was the end of, of plant life, you know. And, you know, they know that it's going, they're going into like a hibernation. It, it's like a death, you know, let's face it. Um, and yet they have such brilliant colors, and, and the, the, you know, their flowers at this time of the year, the, yeah. just everything is so brilliant. It says, this is my culmination. Yeah. And yet we don't do that. No. You know, we yeah. just like, you know, sheepishly, well, okay, it's over, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we want people to do that. You know, it's like somebody once said that, you know, I don't want to finish this life well-rested and in a good suit. I want to like be running into fourth base, sliding along, covered in dirt, and say, "Damn, that was a great ride." Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I that's what that's what nature tells me. At least in North America, where or well, this is part of Canada where I live. Not all of North America, because some of it's very southern. Um, right. Right. But in this northern part, you know, uh, of in Canada, I'm I just love to look at what those leaves the colors that they give us you know that's beautiful gord because there are they are so vibrant and especially in southern ontario and ontario that it's it's it also you know it lasts for a little while compared to alberta and of course vancouver very little right in terms of color changes but alberta it's quick and it's you know all of a sudden the color and then boom the leaves it's dead and they're falling off but it, oh. it's it's uh, usually I should say, say yeah, yeah, yeah. usually yeah, not yeah. always right. But here, there's just this richness of color and vibrancy. And I love I love that idea of you know I'm leaving and I'm going to celebrate. But they're coming back because they're just hibernating. The trees are so saying it's time to be quiet. It's time to rest. It's time to you know reflect and recalibrate, which yeah. is what we need well, to maybe do. Maybe in the cycle right? of life, that's all we're doing as well. Yeah. Know. Hope so. Why I don't we so. know from anything? You know? <laughs> but it's 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 just uh, it's always been a wonderful reminder of me for me. You know that uh, uh, it doesn't have to be this solemn, horrible. You know, letting go. No, right. change it. Just change it. I I really like that concept of changing, and I am going to hold you to reading your poem the next okay. time. Maybe you can have it for the next show. Okay, maybe. Okay. Uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, gave it to class last year in in the class that I teach in end of life care. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. So enough about this. So let's go back to all saints day, which hopefully yes. someday I'll be part of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so along comes the Catholic church, of course, which is the only really Christian church that existed at this time. And, and I've always said the Catholics are brilliant. They were brilliant back then when we didn't have psychologists that could, you know, know how to look for patterns and look for similarities. 
which they're you know brilliant at, uh, the Catholics were even more brilliant because without any of this data, they were able to you know tie in some of their holidays with existing pagan holidays. Easter, of course, being one, the festival of Easton, um, uh, when they timed Christmas. So this here is also very much going to be tied into, and it is to this day, um, the, uh, the Halloween or All Hallows Eve, hallow meaning sacred, uh, with All Saints Day, which is on November the 1st. Hmm. Now, because it begins on the night of October 31st, it goes through. So it actually is, you know, a real tie in here. Um, that was back in the fourth century. They began having feasts commemorating Christian martyrs uh, who, you know, and they were held in various places and dates and, and so on. In the ninth century, some of the churches in the British Isles began holding commemoration of all the saints on November the 1st. And in the ninth century, the ninth century, that's how long ago it was. Uh, this wow. was extended to the entire Catholic Church by Pope Gregory the Fourth. Um, so, you know what All Saints Day is is to recognize those people that you know are saints or that were instrumental in bringing you personally into the church or along your Christianity. Okay, uh, but then they introduced then a next day, the whole weekend uh, to no, uh, November the second, which is All Souls Day. And All Souls Day is is a, an acknowledgement of all the people in our of our ancestry, our family who have died. So right. you've got you know the 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 Sohang going into Saints Day, going into Souls Day. And so I wonder if this was sort of the the beginning of the separation or the um, demonizing of paganism. You know, with with Christianity coming in and deciding that, you know, let's let's take on these days and make them something that we're, you know, we're we're we're, I mean, who knows? But but basically, my point is, is it a time when this is where there was more separation created and less connection to the earth because that was seen as, no, God is in the church; it's not in nature. You well, know, yeah, is, exactly. Right, exactly. You know, and. And only that, but uh, I mean, this was what was addressed in the Second Vatican, uh, you know, Vatican II, but um, was you had an intermediary then. And it was because only, only the priests could read. They were the ones who read the Bible. They were the ones who ran the mass. Uh, yeah. And they stood with their back to you. Terrible. You know, I mean, Brutal. how symbolically yeah. mystical, you know. Well, how, thing. how also like arrogant and a sense of, superiority right the hierarchy because that hierarchy that was created you know as we know the consequences were were living but i i am curious if that was when you know this whole thing actually began but because i'm sure this well, was time in, to in, in catholicism theologically there's a very uh, strong spiritual bond they believe between those that are in heaven the church triumphant all right those that have had a beatific vision in heaven uh, and the living, us, uh, you know, who are the church militant. Okay, That's so interesting language. It is their language. Mm. It is. I, I, I made sure I wrote it down exactly, you know, when I put this together. So, uh, so what did that actually mean, the church militant? What does that actually mean? Well, because the church militant is still those that are going out and spreading the gospel, right? 
I mean, oh, the mil- like militants, thing. military. Militants, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. They're the like they're the military, you know. Yeah, so uh, so that, kill kill people who don't believe and burn the witches, uh-huh. right? Well, yeah, <laughs> that was talking, <laughs> talking about a very yeah horrible time. Yeah, uh, terrible. I, I just sort of stayed with this one uh, as to what they say uh, without passing any judgment on it. But there's certainly, yes. you know, I know Scotland had a uh, a horrible experience with uh, with witches being put to death. Um, they have actually just recently, uh, uh, because the bodies were not found or, or whatever, but suddenly there's some bones showing up. And they know that they're part of these women. They were all women. Over six uh, six thousand women, you know, were killed. Oh, easily, um, easily. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, then it it spread down south, down into England. Yeah. Um, but they're actually going to. They're trying to identify who they are, uh, identify who all the women were that were killed, and have a proper burial for them because they were never wow. given. You know, so I think that it's sort of similar to what we're seeing with the indigenous here in unmarked graves, you know, is, is that at least identify that we can acknowledge the grave, you know, that, that yeah. uh, acknowledges yeah. person's life somehow commemoratively. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I thought it was, a very, I thought personally it was a step forward. Well, and I think I think you're right because I feel that you know this is the whole aspect of truth and reconciliation. Before something can heal, it has to be acknowledged. There yeah, has sure. to be an awareness that yes, this happened. You know, this happened yeah, because if yeah. we don't collectively acknowledge this and accept that it happened, then we really can't heal and move forward. But you that's know, true on the individual level. It is. It's true on the collective and the individual. Yeah, you know, but yeah. but it 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 requires. I mean, there's something about when when someone denies that something happened, like oh, you know, World War II never happened. You know, the 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 camps never happened, or the saying something like the residential schools never happened. That is absolutely criminal and com- yep. so dismissive, so dismissive. Yeah, well, it is dismissive, but there's just you know. One of the sayings that I was trained through was that we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. Wow, that's very powerful. That's very very powerful. powerful. Wow. It doesn't, it's not about privacy or anything like that. It's about those things that may have happened to us or that we saw or we lived through forms of trauma that we basically deny and say, well, no, no, that, that, that wasn't it. My, my parents didn't have a, you know, an addiction or didn't have this or, you know, and we we paint this narrative of, you know, what what we can live with, basically, but yeah. it doesn't allow us to heal and to change things because no. that secret will continue to drive us for the rest of our life, including physically, mentally and spiritually. Absolutely. And it shows so up in the body and perpetuates itself and, and yeah. repetitive behaviors. Yeah. You know? There's no, there's no question about it, you know. Yeah, very powerful Anyways, statement. Yeah, it is a powerful statement. It was, well, it's mm-hmm. a very powerful one that I've lived with, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and try to work with, you know, people, whether they're students or whether they've been my clients, you know, is that our secrets have to come out, and that's the space, you know. Shame, shame lives in the darkness, but as soon as we bring it out, and, it, and this is what that chakra in the throat is for, is to bring out that. 
yeah. that energy. And that's where the light begins to heal. And that's our light yeah. and our dark right there. You know? So um, let's go to the Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. In Mexico, okay? Uh, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, it's already celebrated the first and second of November. And it is so amazing. It is not, you know, it might have come out of the Catholic tradition because it's a very strong Catholic country in Mexico. Um, sure. But it's not. It's nothing like, you know, any, it's not like Halloween, even though you see skulls and skeletons and all that kind of stuff. It is about gathering friends together, family, friends, and paying respects to those members of the family and friends that have died. That includes making food. Uh, it's humorous. They love to tell tales mm -hmm. of the departed. They'll go to the cemetery and have a picnic right on on their on their grave. I mean, yeah. that's I love it. I know? think it, it is so fantastic that people can do this. I think it's so beautiful. It's you know, it's powerful. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, they dance, they play music, yeah. they, you know, it really, it really is uh, uh, just an amazing thing. Now, one of the things that they do is they build these private altars mm -hmm. and, yes, and the yes. altar may be, you know, at the, the gravesite or yes. not, but right. uh, 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 ofrendas and, you know, their favorite foods and beverages they make, take it to the cemetery, you know, and it, it, they invite them to visit. I love right. it. I love it. So, so that's happening at the same time, yet it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that people don't think this is Halloween. This is not Halloween in Mexico. Right. You know, there's a really, really uh, big and sacred time. It's, it is sacred. Yeah, very sacred. Let's be even more sacred. We have to take a break. And we are going to sacred out of here on Hallow's, Hallow Ground, <laughs> whatever. And we'll be right back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Welcome back. And we are talking about all the different factions uh, throughout history that have brought what Halloween is together. So just as one last piece here, uh, just in, you know, at least from the 16th century, uh, during these festivals, they used to have what was called mumming and goosing. G-U-I-S-I-N-G, goosing. It's Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Isle of Man. And what it was, was people were going house to house in costumes or some sort of a disguise, usually reciting verses. We should make people do that here. (laughs) Reciting verses or songs (laughs) in exchange for food. Uh Okay. So uh, it may have originally been a tradition whereby people impersonated the souls of the dead. Right, uh, right. And received offerings on their behalf, similar to what's called souling. Uh, impersonating these beings or wearing a disguise was also believed to protect oneself from them. Hmm. So and this is the trick or treating. And that's yeah. that's what trick or treating yeah. is, you know, when you dress right. up as something different uh, so that the spirits won't know who you are right. and they won't come after you. You know, so that's, that's you know, just like whoever thought up, about, you know, knocking on the door and I'm going to hand you candy. Well, now you know why. All right. Well, and there there are some very humorous costumes that appear, right? When you oh, when you see some that are really really cra- cra- clever, and I've seen some kids that have been really really funny over the years, where um, you know either the singing or the impersonation. Um, and I remember there was uh, there was years ago there was when uh, it was um, Rob Ford was was alive and the mayor of Toronto, and this little boy was impersonating Rob Ford and he said all he said was I'm gonna end the gravy train or something like that and it was <laughs> it was it was really sweet it was actually really sweet it was done in a, in good good faith right good gesture it, was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a, a negative thing at all but I think it, it can be quite um entertaining and very creative very creative oh some of the people just spend weeks and weeks you know you know my my uh, I don't have a lot of memory of Halloween you know, and it was cold, it was dark, and it was raining most of the yes. time. <laughs> and you were slipping through the trees that had fallen, unlike um, unlike right now. Calgary uh, would be almost snowing sometimes, and you'd have to wear your parka over your costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. cold. I mean, there's the odd one that, you know, I can remember, you know, being in the summer, summer outfit, and it was kind of okay. You know, but my parents loved Halloween. My Did mother they? made the most elaborate costumes, like gowns and, you know, like, you know, 16th, 17th century, you know, ball gowns and, and all that. Wow. And my father, a couple of times, my mother talked him into doing a form of drag. That is not my father's <laughs> style. So yeah. I have a very, in, a very ingrained 
concept or not concept a picture of my dad sitting at my mother's uh, uh, vanity uh, in white face and in uh, a dark wig as she's putting in these uh, knitting needles into behind the wig and he stands out he's a geisha wow and I'm just like, really dad you know I mean it's like <laughs> and, and I, to this day so it's still there so would they go to parties or would they basically be, you know, know handing out candy at home? <laughs> no, they were going to parties. Right, uh, they, right. they often they often would win, you know. Uh, sure, I bet they would. It, it was like, that was a big thing, you know, but I'm, I'm still scarred by the, the geisha, my daddy, the geisha. That, that's, <laughs> quite an, that's quite an image. That's quite an image. So, that's so what was, what was, do you, do you have any recollection, Gord, of one of the costumes you wore or something that you remember that was pretty extensive if your mother made it or if you did, or do you have any memory? You know, I honestly, I don't. No, hey. I don't, no, no. I, I nothing. Nothing stands out. I did win prizes once one year, though, at a at a costume thing. But you don't know what you were wearing. Hair. Well, I went as Judy Garland if she'd lived. <laughs> Very <laughs> irreverent, and I had short hair, and it was all spiked gray hair, spiked up with a sparkly, you know, sparkly jacket. And then this woman did all this makeup on my face and and leather pants and so on. Uh, that was about as dragon. I could ever come near. Wow. My dad was more more brave than I was, uh, and I actually won two prizes that night. Uh, you did, which is wow! Really, yes, wow. <laughs> which was kind of fun. Uh, I thought, oh, I could, I should do this more often, but that's not true. That's not going to happen. Uh, I, so, but it was like people were like, "So, what are you?" And I, was like, I don't know. And then somebody said, "You look like Judy Garland if she'd lived." And I'm like, okay, that's what I went as, you know, <laughs> as a, the aging Judy Garland, right, you know? right. I remember going as a, as a, when I was about, I think I was 12 or 13 and I, I went to a party as a werewolf and I had long hair and I had back, my sisters helped me back comb my hair and then, you know, spray it and put all this stuff in. So it was just gnarly and matted almost and tangled. (laughs) And then, and then I had this glue, this special glue to put hair all over my face. That was the worst part because I was, it was just... Oh, it was brutal, and my my yeah. whole face—it was just terrible. But I I don't I didn't win, you know. But that's okay. <laughs> that spirit gum really is yeah. nasty on your skin. Yeah, nasty. Yeah. See some of these actors who have to do that every night, and there's you know their faces all broken out from it. So oh. so you know when we talk about Halloween, like we're talking about sort of some interesting things, but it it really has taken on this whole thing about being you know ghoulish and goblins yes. and scary. You know, yes. they release really scary movies at this at this time. And so when people stay home and watch scary movies, I hate And people things. decorate their homes and their their, you know, Casaloma here. I don't know if they have this year actually. If you, do you know Gord that but usually they have the whole Casaloma yeah. is converted into a Halloween event. I haven't seen or the haunted outside. houses and I don't think they've been advertised. So some, some of the local houses though, I I've seen like the the netting yeah. out front and looking yeah. like spider webs and you know, yeah. all kinds of cool stuff like that, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, some, some people really go all out, you know, there's a they lot of go all out. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I've seen some very, there's a house in Riverdale that um, I always, I haven't gone by, I might go tomorrow, but they they have such a huge setup in their yard. It's incredible. And it's really is really? like, you see little kids terrified, you know, to go 
and and because it's like you they have to go through these tunnels to get to the front porch and um you know the people they i bet they have so much fun because i think also on the other side of being scared people like to scare other people yeah yeah i would say that i would say that i would prefer to be the one scaring other people but <laughs> uh than being scared my 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 reaction to being scared is to laugh that's my really? defense yes really yeah. you know uh you know i remember going to this movie once with my younger brother not my youngest one, but my, the one just below me. And uh, it was called Wait Until Dark. Oh, it already it sounds Audrey scary. Hepburn, it, it, was, it was scary. She was blind. She's in this, in this room. And, and uh, she's, she's broken all of the lights, except for one. And that was the light in the refrigerator. Oh. And, and the guy throws, throws this towel to keep it open so he could see where she was. And, so I, and it was just like, so my brother can barely breathe. He's just going to pass out. And I'm like laughing. Um, <laughs> not because I sounded funny, but because I was about to pee myself. I was so scared. You know? Oh, really? That's yeah, so I interesting. Think, I don't think, I think we were too young to hit that movie. But I would imagine you, know, you were probably too young for that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was like, that was one of the things I realized is, is that when I'm really scared, I laugh. So hmm. the laugh okay. becomes natural. So people like to be scared. Why? Well, guess what? Enough studies have been showing that, in fact, our reward system is is actually uh, activated and dopamine takes over. There we so go. It's They're not just dopamine. rewards and yeah. addictions, which we yeah. think is a, an award, a reward or an award. Uh, it's a dopamine. Dopamine is released uh, into our brains as well as also the adrenaline and the norepinephrine and all those things that, you know, because that fight flight mechanism gets gets triggered. Okay. Yes. So yes. why though, you know, is it happening when because we're doing it by choice? You know that you're yes. in a safe place to be scared. Okay. If the same thing were to happen without choice on the street, it would not allow for this. It would be terrifying. Yeah. And it would it would traumatize, you know. Oh, definitely. But we can do these kinds of activities. Because it's been measured. It's in a safe place. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if also this, you know, the risk takers and, you know, things like gambling, where you know what you're doing and, and, it, and it feels the rush, like the energy of the, the possibilities and also the unknown, the anticipatory sense of anxiety in a way. But I, I can understand how that can be addictive for people. Well, yeah, it, it is because it has, it's releasing adrenaline and it's releasing norepinephrine, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, and, and the endorphins, all of the things that are required for us to go into a fight flight mechanism, Yes, you know, but again, you're choosing how that's going to happen, you know, right. and, and the biggest thing is that it's being done in a safe place. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You're not on the street. Yeah. You're not walking down some laneway and somebody's jumping out at you or, right. or something like that. That's really where, where all that's coming from. Um, it's also, it, it's, a very, it's a bonding thing to all, hmm. you know, have the, have the hell scared out of us. I, you know? I think I can see that, right? <laughs> with, the, with, you know, sharing, hearing a ghost story or, you know, oh, having something together. Yeah. And what was that movie that I have not seen? And friends of mine have told me, do not watch it because they know I don't like um, scary films, is The Blair Witch Project. Oh, yes, 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 So yes. I have not seen it and I won't okay. see it. But, yeah, you know, I, never saw it I don't even know. I just know there's more than one person in it walking around with a flashlight in, in the, I don't know, in the woods or something. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's more or less it. You know, uh, that was a fascinating. Just from what I read about it, it was a fascinating. It is fascinating movie in terms of how it was set up. Yeah, and yeah. how big it became. You know, yeah, it was kind of like a very low budget film. Uh, yes, uh, yes, that's you know, right. It was, it. and it did really well. I think. Um, yeah, you know, so we built this special, you know, closeness with people with, that we go into an excited state with at the same time. Mm. You know, sure. people who have been in, tra- in traumas and tragedies and, and so on have a very, very strong bond. Um, if, if I've spoken of this, mu- this musical once before, um, and that was at 9-11, when all of the planes had to land and they were landing in Gander, Newfoundland. They made this, yes, this yes. Uh, stage play musical, which is brilliant, called right. Come From Away. Um, and the bonding that takes place. And, yeah. and of course, subsequently, they have brought together those people that were there on the planes and those people who lived in Gander and helped mm. help them out. Uh, they're, they're like best friends. They yeah. visit each other. A couple of them have gotten married. You know, uh, they, they took a bunch of them down to New York for the opening of the show. Wow. You know, uh, but just this incredible bond in a very terrifying time in America. And you know? so really so healing when something so terrible was happening, right? Oh, absolutely. Very you know, healing. Absolutely. It was very, uh, yeah, but it has, it has the whole thing. You see, they're talking about it. They're talking about it. They're yes. sharing it. Yes, and that's, exactly. And that's where, that's where they get to enter this point of healing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just so crucial. It's very crucial. So tell me, what are you wearing on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to know? Um, <laughs> are you going out on Halloween? No. I'm I'm not doing a Halloween. Well, I don't believe I am. Let's put it that way. <laughs> what about you? I, I usually when I when I had my house, I used to turn all the lights out at the front and just sit in the back so that they wouldn't know I was there. <laughs> and the parents would go, "Oh, don't knock there. There's nobody home." Yeah. You know, sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, living in a, a condo now where there's very few children, and with the pandemic, there's yeah. not going to be a lot of knocking. On yeah. Door. Yeah. So, Anyways, I hope they get some. I'm not going to get scared, It's though. time for people to be out and about and, you know, Absolutely. especially Absolutely. the children, especially kids, you know. Yeah. So thanks for talking about uh, Halloween. Thank you, Gordon. It was yeah, very interesting. I well, I love it. I love to know where stuff comes from. Yeah. Know, it's, just, uh, it, it's just such it's a connection to why we do, why do we do this stuff? You know, so anyways, I think it's important to share. We will be back here next Thursday at 8 p.m. Join Alexia and myself right here on Voice America on the Empowerment Channel at 8 p.m. We'll be back. Have a great week. Good night, everyone. I know. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 